0: Previously on the Tony Kornhazer Show. And Detroit wins the game, and the chump
1: of chumps is Arthur Blank. He's on the sideline waiting to celebrate again, like he did at home. in You know, not at home in the Super Bowl, but at the Super Bowl with New England. And they take shot after shot of him, because he's a pathetic, forlorn figure. He's like, if you're old enough to remember this, he's like a Jackie Gleason character. He's completely <laughs> forlorn and... Foolish. He's a foolish
0: person at this point. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: Wow, was I talking about Arthur Blank? Yes, I guess I was. He's on the sideline every time. He was doing a dance at the Super Bowl, if you remember this. He was dancing around. Because they were up by 25. And then then the two magic words, Tom Brady, happened. And, And then they lost. And then he wasn't dancing anymore. You got to keep that guy off the sideline. He's a disaster. He's, he's like the bad talisman. You know, get him off the sidelines. I understand he owns a team. I know. Does he own, is it Home Depot that he owns? He owns one of those kinds of stores. He's like the founder of one of those giant stores. So you're doing this again. You know, so just, but get off the sidelines. You know, you're, you're killing your team and you make yourself and your whole family cringe when that happens. Michael is here, six feet, one inches away, um, properly social distanced at Uncle Benny's table. There's. Let me just start with my deep gratitude to Alex Hughes of Columbus, Ohio, who sent us this lovely, lovely pencil drawing of me and Wilbon. Terrifying in a good way. Yeah, it's, it's what we look like. I mean, we're hideous. Yeah, But it's so well done, and I'm so happy to have it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. Now, does this mean that... My childhood artwork is finally going to get the boot from the PTI set. No, doesn't mean that at all, because I'm <laughs> proud of yours and Elizabeth's child. I love that people but look at that. I wonder if that's Liz's or Michael's. Yeah, well, some of them are signed, but you can't get close enough to, to know that. So I, I, there are a lot of things we can talk about to begin with. The World Series will be covered with Richard Justice. Don't worry. I will just say this. This is a just and fair result. The Los Angeles Dodgers got cheated by the Houston Astros and I believe got cheated by the Boston Red Sox. They worked their way back. They got all the way to the World Series. They were down 3-1, right, to the Braves, down 3-1. They won that series, they won this series. This is a just and fair result. We can argue forever about what Kevin Cash did. Kevin Cash looked at the numbers for Blake Snell, who he has managed for years, and he knows in his heart that Blake Snell, the third time around the order, is a disaster. And he sees that single by the ninth place hitter, and he's got Mookie Betts coming up next, and he says, you know what? I've seen this movie too many times. I'm taking him out. And it's very easy to say it was the wrong decision in hindsight. It's very easy to say right on the spot it was the wrong decision. But Kevin Cash didn't think it was the wrong decision, and he'd gotten to this point by managing that way. We will certainly talk to Richard Justice about that. We can talk about Trevor Lawrence and his reconsideration, allegedly, of going back to Clemson next year, which I believe has almost everything to do with two factors. One, he doesn't want to play for the Jets. And two, it's not like basketball where you're there for three months and you know you're leaving. And the only reason you're there is because they won't let you go straight from high school anymore. He spent three years at Clemson. You know, he's made relationships at Clemson. He's a regular kid at Clemson. No matter how isolated he is in football, he, he has friends there. I understand the pull of wanting to stay. We can talk about the fact that Danny Green, said of his teammate, LeBron James, he's not showing up for the first month. You start this thing on December 22nd, he's not going to show. And we can get to all of that. But I'm going to do something now, totally unexpected, from Michael Kornheiser. I'm going to take off my right shoe, and I'm going to do this for a reason. What have I talked about, Michael, about how I'm so stupid and I now have four pair of these Earl boaters and I, I don't know what to do with them.
2: What do you mean? You have the fact that you have backup supplies for your backup supplies of your size 10 and a half medium width shoe? Yeah. And I've said time and time again, Oh gosh, it was stupid. Do we have a different size?
1: No. The other day,
2: just look at the toe. Why are you with the struggling shoe? to take your shoes look off? Look
1: at the toe. The, the shoe's now on the table. What am I just, supposed to just do with this? Just reach over and get the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> and look at the toe, which I saw two days ago. There's a hole a in A giant shoe. hole in it. You have oh, four-pair no. backup. There's a giant hole in what was a relatively new shoe, not more than two months old. There's a hole in the, oh. Yeah, there's a hole in the right side of the front. A big hole. A hole big enough that a worm could crawl through it. It's a big hole. I didn't see it until just a couple of days ago. And it brings up these questions. One, can I take your shoe off the table? Yeah, now? just give me the shoe. Throw me the shoe. <laughs> Throw me the shoe. Doesn't smell great. <laughs> okay. So, one question one is Should I just take a new shoe from one of my four pairs, a new right shoe, and continue to wear the functional left shoe that I'm wearing now, thus building up equity in my left shoe? In other words, giving me half a pair of shoes somewhere down the road, the left hand side or should i switch completely should i bail out on a very good left shoe switch completely to a brand new pair knowing i have four that will still give me three in reserve or should i there's a third option should i continue to wear this pair no matter what till (laughs) both shoes are headed for the i I think you
2: have a hybrid model coming your way and this is actually what you're considering You have four pair of backup shoes. I do. And you are considering subbing out only one shoe. Yes, yes. Or or not. Imagine (laughs) what this might do to your gait. This might mess up your feet. So what I'm thinking is. Very comfortable. this This is like when you sub in new socks. You have to get rid of the entire drawer at the same time because you don't know what could happen when you match up an old sock with a new sock. So what I'm, what I'm thinking is- What would you is, do? You are now relegated. Yeah, and you're a this... child
1: of privilege, so oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's well, this is, You didn't grow up in the are... Depression like I did.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that I'm managing two young kids through this new, <laughs> this new reality. Yeah. No, this is now an official dog-walking pair of shoes. Well,
1: that's, but that's all I do with them anyway. I mean, okay, I but just... this is
2: you now have to create- This is like. Should a, I keep
1: it, wearing this shoe with a hole in it?
2: I think you can keep wearing it, but only under certain circumstances, which is throwing the frisbee for the dog. And right. then you have a right. higher level of pair of shoe that comes out of the closet, comes in like Urias and
1: gives you two and a Whoa, half strong innings, gets quick outs. That Dave Roberts went for it. Oh yeah, he went for it because if he's looking, if they don't win that game last night, he's looking at Bueller going Bueller, eight. Bueller, yeah. yeah, he's looking at the that. after
2: Jansen. So, so back to the shoe. No, so this is. This is going to be your official dog-walking, dog-playing shoe. But that's all
1: I do with my shoes. I don't go anywhere. You can't wear that
2: shoe to the Safeway. Not even the refugee
1: Safeway. Why?
2: A hole in it. They won't let you in. No shoes, no shirt,
1: no service. (laughs) I have a mask. I can put a mask on my toe. I can do something like that. I was stunned to see this hole. It was like karma, don't you think? It was the answer to all of the backup shoes that I have. Now I will press into service a new pair, maybe.
2: But I'm more interested, what do you think is the difference in your walking style, that this is
1: happening only to the right? Are you planting as you throw the frisbee? I have no idea. I I mean, I maybe it's just a deficient single shoe well let's not blame yeah, sh- the consumer should i should i call up bass and say you'd be better send me a new free a fo- bear send,
2: up, send a follow-up email
1: you know, per my yeah. last email which they didn't answer <laughs> they didn't I, answer
3: y- you have to you have to lose both of the shoes they have betrayed you, so? you and failed you and, and incredibly early in their tenure very much I do uh, think I so. would, i'm telling you I too, would,
1: these are new shoes
3: yeah, I would say these shoes are the equivalent of Dwayne Haskins for you. I mean, they just haven't yes, really measured it Yes, up. So yes. I think have you to get trade rid them. of both of them. Because if, if you bring in a new shoe, the other shoe might taint that one and say, look, this is what we do. We're going to develop holes. Oh, cross-contamination. Exactly. Yeah, just, so just get rid of both of them and bring up the you know, next man up, next Earl Boater up, as they say.
1: Ben, don't break. I have four pair of these <laughs> shoes. Now, one I was going to take out to Delaware. Well, that's to a wear, wear out issue. There. Now we're at low levels. And then I'd get down to two pair, two pair, and I might have to replenish if I have <laughs> two pair. So now, now, because one pair is going out to Delaware, brand new pair will go out to Delaware to replace oh. the shoes that are pretty old. But these shoes are—they're not old at all. They're not old at all. These this are is... a good
2: everyday work shoe for you. These these are not like your stylish Cole Hans out at the beach.
1: No, no, they're not. How, no. How long do they usually last? dancing shoes. Six months. I look, I wear them every minute of every day. I don't, they're the only shoes I wear. If I don't wear sneakers to go on that walk, then I just wear these shoes. That's it. That's all I do, especially during the pandemic. I just wear the same clothes constantly. It's, if we do get a vaccine and I can burn this clothing that I've been wearing to do the show for seven months, I'm, I'm going to be the happiest guy in the world. Not Scare your new box jacket upstairs. That only lives in the attic. The bo- my box, my box jackets. Shackles. I'm just yeah. They live in the attic. I'm I'm gonna hermetically seal that up and throw it into the sea. Well, that's I've, what I'm going so to do. a
2: lot of the a lot of the things that we're using every day over the last half year. Or so I'm I'm actually thinking, how am I going to save this? And I was you know those like memory boxes you can get from yeah Framebridge yeah like, this silly bad data that I'm wearing every day like it's an ascot yeah
1: yeah I want good. these saved. That's good. All right, um, I, guess, I guess that's... that's. Can we at much? least... I don't go know ahead. if
2: we'll talk about this with Justice. Can we talk about Justin Turner? Sure, no, go ahead knock yourself out.
1: How do they find a
2: test result in the eighth I inning? Local time, it's what, 10-15? How do they not get this before the game?
1: So you think that they just, they just deliberately squashed it and... And then I, once I think they were one up of those one, like, hey,
2: would we deliver this down to the dugout? Sure, I'll just take six innings to get there. Yeah.
1: This, how about Justin Turner then posing with everybody mask off and hugging everybody? Yeah. Do you, you think okay with disinfecting that? the uh, commissioner's trophy after are, every? Are single you okay with that? Do you think that it's he's a super spreader?
2: I think I I, I give power to the team to decide Me how too. they want to Me handle too. that because they've already been exposed. Me exactly. too. You yeah. start thinking you're like, a, OK, at least he wasn't three for three with, you know, a single double looking for the cycle as he's touched. No, he, was struck, he struck
1: out every time against Blake Snell or popped pop one pretty You deep. just
2: look at the impact he single handedly had on, on the, the middle series. games
1: of the series, tremendous. hitting home runs in the first innings. No, he's tremendous. He's a great player. They could have given that MVP to a lot of different people. Uh, they could have given it to Turner. They could have given it to Mookie Betts. They could have given it to Cody Bellinger. They could have given it to Clayton Kershaw. You know they gave it to Corey Seager, and that's fine. But you know there's a lot of people who got them this far. And it
2: seems like if you don't give it to Seager, it becomes very hard to try and separate Kershaw versus the new kid
1: who is, you know, signed the monster deal. But man, if you look at the that double hit and then Mookie Betts, he he went home. He went home on an infield out. There's five guys that can do that. He's one of the five, as was explained to us. Was it Kirkchin who said that about Mookie Betts? A lot of interesting plays at home this series. Yes, yes. Let's take a break. And we will come back with Richard Justice of MLB.com, who is on site, I assume, unless he just went home. I assume he's on site still in in Arlington. Um, So I'm Tony Kornheiser.
4: This is the Tony Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: This is the Harry's ad. Harry's just came out with their sharpest blades ever. And unlike some other razor companies, they're not charging you more for their product improvements. Harry's new sharper blades are still as low as $2 each you know i what i like best about harrys is sometimes they're like attack dogs on other companies and sometimes they name the other companies but not all the time no not all the time sometimes they make you guess yeah not like in this one they in this copy they don't they don't um it, it, this is a special offer for listeners it says new us customers i guess only us customers what about people around the world just say you're in Ameri- in the united states just give an address of a relative New U.S. customers can redeem a trial offer of Harry's new sharper blades by going to harrys.com slash Tony K. Other razor companies have increased their prices when they introduce something new. Harry's is delivering their sharpest shave ever, and they're not raising prices. These new blades are so sharp that in a study with guys shaving four times a week, the guys, I love when people say guys, the guys reported that with Harry's new blades, their eighth shave was as smooth as their first They own a German factory that's been honing razor blades for 100 years. It's important to know the difference between honing and homing. These are honing. Blades are honed, not homed. That's important for English majors. They source their steel from Sweden. (laughs) Doesn't everybody? And (laughs) own the entire manufacturing process from R&D to the factory floor. This allows them to keep practice. prices low. Sweden, home of great uh, steel. Steel doesn't exist in the ground. You have to make the steel. It's like, you know, I'm, I'd like to buy a steel plant, please. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't plant steel and then and get it up. It doesn't grow. It's not a potato. It's not. Uh, blades are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. Give Harry's sharpest blades ever a try. Harry's has an amazing off- offer for listeners of my show. It is. New U.S. customers. We've dealt with this issue before. Can redeem a Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash K. You'll get a five-blade razor featuring their new sharper blades, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, very sweet, I add parenthetically, and a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. Just go to com slash Tony K and redeem your trial offer today. And what do we tell you people? Use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called the Come On, Come Ons, and this is sent to us by Roman Warmkey. This is a song called Breeze that he wrote, and he writes, "Longtime listener, big fan of your career on the PTI show. I remember a particularly tension-filled segment where you and Wilbon were arguing contentiously over some team's ability to make the playoffs, when my brother Matt, who introduced me to your shows, turned to me and said, I hate it when mommy and daddy fight. I like that. (laughs) Not sure which of you is mommy, but I thought I'd get in on the jingle offer. Attached as an MP3 of my song Breeze, which I wrote here in Southeast Ohio, Athens, home of Joe Burrow, with my band the Come On Come Ons, which may be appropriate for the election season, as a fresh breeze may be something we all desire after November 3rd. We've been voted in the top 10 bands of our town for five years, which is understandable, considering there's only seven rock bands here, but I digress. That's funny. (laughs) Possible I could become the official five-string bassist of the Tony Kornheiser show sure absolutely enjoy the song with my full publishing permission and eat something will you Yeah, he's seen me i'm too thin richard justice of mlb.com joins us now he went to the world series he's in texas let's start let's start with with the obvious thing and i think it's very easy to attack kevin cash but kevin cash has managed blake snell for years he has seen what happens the third time around it is not an accident that Blake Snell never pitched through six in, since the beginning of 2019. So I'm asking you as somebody I know likes Kevin Cash, and I understand the battle between analytics and, and feel. You know, what are your thoughts about this?
4: Exactly that. It's the difference between analytics and feel. Hey, by the way, I did not end up going to the games. I've covered it all. Oh, oh, sorry. oh okay. but Okay. But... but Here's the larger point. This has happened again and again. In Game 5 of the 2017 World Series, Dave Roberts left against the process, left Clayton Kershaw in to face George Springer a third time. Springer hit 1-800 feet. This yep. happens. You knew what he was going to do. Now, this happens all the time. I know teams, data-driven teams like the Brewers and the Rays, the Astros, the Dodgers, and the one thing they worry about is that we're turning players into robots. That there's one guy I know that warms up, has to warm up with an iPad. He has to see his spin rate, his dot, where the dot is located every time. And, and they talk to him like, don't you have a feel for things? But, Tony, don't you think that can happen with managers too? Sometimes, sure. don't you have sure. to have a feel for it? Before, these things are scripted out before the game, and they are scripted out in collaboration with the front office, often by the front office. And what the data said was, You should not let Blake Snell face a lineup a third time through. Here's what it misses is that feel for the game, one. And, two, you have just played a long – you've played 18 postseason games or something like that. You went the distance with the Yankees. You went the distance with the Astros. Your bullpen is very tired. And your best reliever, who you called upon in that situation, Nick Nick Anderson, Anderson. has given up a run in six straight appearances. Yeah, fastball that he got people out on previously – he can't get it up in the strike zone the way he had before. And you were flirting with disaster. But I understand what he did. And I guarantee you, nobody feels worse about it today. I, w- I would assume that the boys in decision scientists science it, that the Rays will be going back today and going, hmm, maybe that wasn't the best call.
1: So, So explain to people the Dodgers ended up using six relievers. Um, they went for it. If they lost that game, Bueller would have had to pitch 12 innings because they didn't have yeah. anybody left except Blake Trinan and Kenley Jansen, who you do not want to put out there. What is the difference then in the Dodgers going to so many relievers and yanking people so quickly? What in your mind is the difference between what Dave Roberts did and what Kevin Cash did?
4: The Rays looked at their team and said, we have three Traditional starting pitchers, in Blake Stale, Tyler Glassdale, and Charlie Morton. But the right. strength of our team is our bullpen. We have we had thirteen guys get saves this year. We have like three or four guys who would be closers on other teams. We can't wait to get the game into the hands of our bullpen. The Dodgers just won the World Series with two starting pitchers, Walker yep. Buehler and Clayton Kershaw. And Walker only pitched once. Every other pitcher on their staff was used in relief, including including the kid who. Julio Urias, who finished the game last night, so they went into the game, went into Game Six, saying Tony Gonsolin is our starter. He's one of these high end, throws the ball hard. He's our starter. Mm. We, he we're going to let him go as deep into the game as he can.
1: <laughs> one and he a third.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but look, right. In the, the postseason, and particularly in Game Six of the World Series, he season, threw three hundred
1: pitches in an inning. It was just right. such terrible. But
4: you have yeah. to, you have to manage the game like your hair is on fire. You right. cannot treat it in any way, shape or form like it's a regular season game. And Dave just said, I gotta get this guy out of there. And how am I going to get twenty seven outs? I guarantee yeah. you when he went out to the mound, he didn't have it mapped out because you've got to have someone stepped up step up uh, to get you through twenty seven outs. And and because also you don't you think you're looking at Blake Snell. He's got what, five pitches in the third inning. He's gonna pitch he can he's equipped to pitch fifteen innings. You're in a bad spot.
1: I I, I totally get that. What I said at the beginning of the show is that this is a very just result. And I don't mean this negative to Tampa on any level. I feel the Dodgers, we know the Dodgers were cheated by Houston. I feel the Dodgers were cheated by the Red Sox as well. I think what the Dodgers did this year, especially being down 3-1 to the Braves, coming back and, and winning this thing the way they won it with only two starting pitchers and cobbling together everything else, throwing starters in there as relievers. I think it's a just result. Do you?
4: One of the best teams I have ever seen. You go back to their winning percentage. I understand it was only 60 games. You have to go back to that 39 Yankees to find a winning percentage that high. Their run differential, I think you have to go back to like the 54 Indians or something like that. Mm -hmm. I may have those two reversed. This is one of the best teams you will see of our lifetime. Again, it was a 60-game season. They were built on depth and flexibility. They won the NL West for an eight-straight time after they won last year, after they lost the World Series, uh, got beaten by the Nationals in the playoffs, Andrew Friedman looked at his team and said, "We got i got to change the mix here. They were frustrated by Corey Seager being hurt, production being down, all th- kinds of things. But they were only going to get a guy with explosive potential, and that was Mookie Betts. And Mookie Betts changed the look of their team. I mean, you look at that lineup. That lineup is as deep as any lineup you will ever see. And, of course... They have pretty good – look at their pitching. This kid, Gratterall and May, all these young guys that throw so hard and get people out there. Yes, it's a just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a just result.
1: Their lineup is so good that Jock Peterson oh. and Kike Hernandez can't play. That's how good their lineup is. Yeah. I mean, they're, well, they're really good. The
4: re- yeah, but the reason you have flexibility – Uh, all over the place, that Chris Taylor can play here, there, everywhere, that Cody Bellinger, until Betts arrived, was your best defensive player at three positions. It's because you can find, you can take Jock Peterson and say, okay, what does he do well? Well, we want him facing right-handed pitching, not left-handed pitching, and he becomes, uh, I may have that backwards too, he he becomes an absolute dominant player at this time of year because you found a role for him.
1: No, that's really good. So let me get to the other large question, which is Justin Turner testing positive, and somehow the Dodgers only finding out in the seventh or eighth inning when they were already up. How does that happen in a bubble? Is it Do most people think, do many people think, do some people think it's a false positive? And how do you think the Dodgers handled it? Because he was out on the field afterwards, mask off, doing all those things, and he could end up being a super spreader of this disease. What do you think?
4: Exactly. I think the way it broke down is they got a, um, what do you call it, an uh, an uncertain test result. Right.
1: Inconclusive. In the, in the day.
4: Yeah, inconclusive test result. Uh, that came in the second or third inning. They expedited the second result and came back in the, whenever it was, the sixth or seventh or eighth inning, and said, he's got to get out of the game. Uh, yeah, after that, all bets are off. But you remember we said, like, I, I know we're going to start the season. I just don't feel so good that we're going to finish the season. And 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 what the health experts told baseball was, you got to be done before November because there's going to be a second wave or whatever you call it, wave one A or one B, and it's going to be bad. And you're going to be lucky. <clears throat> you're going to be lucky to get out of this thing. They got out of it by one day because what would have happened? In game seven, I can't imagine there would have been a game seven it would have been a three three tie in the World Series, something like that um, it was uh, the uh, in an unlucky season it was an, a lucky break
1: I just wonder i mean you know you look at everything that happened in hockey and everything that happened in the NBA in bubbles, and this was right. a bubble for baseball. you just say well how did that how did that yeah. happen yeah. and I'm sure they'll investigate it so it's just it's right. very weird but you- yeah, it is,
4: but it wasn't. It wasn't total isolation. You do have to go get on a bus. You do right. have to go get on an elevator. One of the Cubs told me earlier in the season. He goes, "I get on the elevator," and I'm paranoid as hell, looking like I'm not going to touch that button. And right. uh, so, right. yeah, I mean, I just it shows that the virus can slip in at any place. It uh, you know in the NBA, that, well, they got the season in and and who knows what they're going to find out when they do contact tracing.
1: It's a remarkable thing. Let me get back to the baseball. If you asked me what I will remember most about the world series, I will remember plays at the plate plays at the plate. We, we had many more than we usually have. Um, you know, the, the the game winner at one point, the attempted steal of home at one point, the fact that Mookie Betts just manufactures runs on his own. Um, what are your thoughts about that? That was, To me, that was tremendously exciting baseball.
4: I'm going to remember that it was great, that it was absolutely great, that these were two really good teams that just punched each other in the face and punched back. The fact the way game... Five ended. You have to go back to '86 or whenever to find a game that ended that way. And then the Dodgers come right back. Mookie Betts leads off Game Six. This game where you've you've taken a gut punch. Betts leads off with a double. Seeger singles them in, and it's like, whew, okay, Clayton, can you can you bail bail us out on yeah. this? There was, there was a lot of that, and that, I, I think the, the way Jeff it and you broke down this, the attempted steal home was was just brilliant. I mean. You know, like what, is, what does the card say? What do the numbers say? You had a you had a guy, an athletic guy at third base, who a million things went through his head, and he thought I can make it. And that's just there was aggressive base running throughout the thing. Sort of both teams sort of brought the stolen base back. There was a play where Seager went to third on an infield grounder. You go, whoa! What is that guy doing? There were there were plays made in the outfield, and obviously some booming home runs and also just for those of us who've covered the sport for such a long time the Dodgers mean so much i mean i think you heard Corey seeger say it i think it was Corey said uh you know one of the people i'm thinking about right now is Vince scully cuz i know Vin's home watching yeah. every 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 uh every every pitch the dodgers mean something in the fabric of culture in this country and it's cool to see him celebrate
1: do you think having watched it for so long Do you think that Clayton Kershaw rewrote his history through winning those two games? Even though, God knows, in the first inning of each game, you thought, oh my God, he's going to give up four. (laughs) So what do you think?
4: Yeah, it was always a complicated history to me because there were always gems mixed in there. And in this postseason, Mm -hmm. his ERA was 2-2 or something. He had an eight-inning shutout to open the playoffs and all of that. He needed that. I'll say this about his Game 5 performance. That guy has uh, – the slider got him through Game 1. He was dominant in, in Game 2. When did he pitch? Game 2? Game 1. And uh, the slider got him through that. He didn't have the slider, and he was just out there on guts trying to figure something out, and he got through it. And, you know, when, when Dave Roberts went to the mound that took him out, you can see – on the video, of Justin Turner going basically saying, "Don't take him out. Please don't take him out. Yeah. He's good. He can get this guy." Uh, and Dave stuck to his guns. He had told Clayton, "You're going to face two guys, and then that's it." Yeah, I hope he has rewritten the the, the, the postseason narrative. Um, he the smile on his face said so last night.
1: Certainly seemed that way. I, I think I've got to go back to Kevin Cash in this regard. Where does this leave? Kevin Cash, I mean, and and to set this up for people to understand why I'm saying this, this is not Joe Madden. Uh, this is not a telegenic sort of, I'm sure he's egotistical, but not in the same way that a lot of managers are. He's got no payroll there whatsoever. He's built a team based on concepts, and these concepts include acquiring all this relief talent. And he made what looks like a mistake, a very big mistake, on the biggest stage you can possibly make that mistake. Does that, and yet I think on a lot of ways I can make the case that he was totally compelled to do it by his own history with that team and with that player. Does this, does this stay with him? Is this something that will be very hard in a small market to ever get rid of?
4: Yeah, because you're on a, mag, you're on a stage. I mean, in Boston yeah. they still talk about Grady Little, even Pedro. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it lives with you forever. Dodger fans were furious at Dave Roberts for some of the, He made through the years, but I, and and the thing is the unfairness of it is that people are never going to understand. This was scripted by the front office and by in collaboration with everyone in baseball operations before the game. What day, what Kevin did was carry out the, the process. Now, were you second guessing is, did you see the way the guy was throwing? did i think the first three guys in the lineup were, were all strikeouts right at all one point of them. they were the first three guys were over 6 with 6 6k six this guy pitched and jack morris tweeted this this guy pitched was as dominant in a world series game as anyone you will ever see and the call would have been not to follow the script the call would have been look i believe in this guy he's still my best option and the guy I'm going to bring in has really pitched poorly lately. All those things, it's it's a decision you make on the fly, and he stuck with the script. He stuck with the organizational script. And yeah. fair or not, it's going to live with him for a long time. And he, he's been around long enough to know. He knows this better than anybody. I mean, I'm certain it was a miserable night for Kevin, and the next few days are going to be miserable and probably right into spring training.
1: I just think something like this allows people to jump on him with both oh, feet. No question. The same people who marveled at the way he handled the pitching staff all throughout the year. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm I look. I made a living being nasty, but I have sympathy for this one. I really do. I have sympathy right. for this one because the last game, Blake Snell no hit the Dodgers for four innings, and then began to unravel, and you could see it. You could see it. So, I,
4: right.
5: You I just, said. just I'm not gonna let,
4: I don't want Beth and Seeger to face Blake Snell a third time and everyone knows why. Now Blake doesn't yeah. understand it, he's a competitor, he's not supposed to understand it. Um it didn't work out. And I remember a manager one time made a move with blew up in his face and he looks at me and he says, I understand it's a results oriented business, but I knew what I was doing and it didn't work out and that happens sometimes.
1: I can't tell you how many coaches and managers have said that thing in my presence. Did I know why I did it? It just didn't work out, but I know why I did it. And they don't, um, the great, the greatest thing for me when I was first starting was going on a road trip with the Yankees when Ralph Houck was managing. And you know, if you had a seven o'clock start at three o'clock, Houck was already in the dugout and he would go over the previous day or night's game You know, bat by bat, you want to know why I did this, don't you? And you go, yeah. And it was like, you know, it's that thing that they sell master class. You go, oh my God. I mean, I learned, I learned more about baseball in two weeks than some people will learn in their whole lives just by having, you've had that opportunity right where you sit with a guy and he explains it.
4: Yeah. Like John Miller and I sit with Gene Mock for an hour and a half one afternoon in in Anaheim when he was managing the Angels. We walked away and John goes, that's like going to grad school. The, some of the best times I had in baseball was with Jim Henneman, the Baltimore baseball writer. We would sit with Earl Weaver the day after a game and pick through every move he made. And but Earl was so confident, he would say to Jim, yeah. "Now look, if you're going to rip my butt on this, uh, here's what you need to put in because this is what I screwed up. This is what you don't know. I screwed up this. I, I could have done this." And he would give you the that's how con- he would give you the ammo to rip him. Not many are like that.
1: There's no sport like baseball. There isn't. Richie, thank you so very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tony. Richard Justice, boys and girls. We will take a break. Chuck Todd will pick games when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're
4: listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: This is the Lincoln Financial ad. I am not looking at the Lincoln Financial ad. I did not have it in front of me when we put the show together today. It's sort of a late add in. And I said okay, I'll just do this myself because I'm pretty familiar with the LincolnFinancial.com ad. Uh, Michael has a copy of this because Nigel emailed him a copy and I'm not going to get it word for word, but what it's, it's going to say basically something like this. In the pandemic world in which we live in, <clears throat> families are talking together much more than ever. They sit around and they say, hey, the guy who was so great in 1975, do you think he's as great as the guy who's great now? You know, these are the kinds of conversations they have because you just can't watch your dog run circles in the the backyard or the front yard, although that's what I do. the bread
2: that I brought over. You know,
1: or the bread. And Michael brought over it. Like, can you make sourdough bread? Michael literally brought over sourdough bread today that he has made himself. That was the discard. And then what they say, thank you so much. (laughs) And then what they say is, but there is still one conversation that families haven't had. And it is the financial conversation. It is the one to make sure that you have security, the one to make sure that you understand what's going on. And what they do at LincolnFinancial.com is they say, we can give you the tools to have that conversation because it's important so that you can plan and protect and retire. This is a conversation you have to have. Do have that conversation and look for help and look for guidance from lincolnfinancial.com. How good is that?
3: Scary good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Scary good. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: Use the code. People. Use the code. Use the code. People <laughs> Use the code Use the code When you're happy Use the code When you're blue Use the code At the station Use the code At the zoo
5: <laughs> At Jimmy Brown in Cleveland
0: Carrying the load is Dan Byrne. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Use the code. Brilliant. Use the code. All right.
1: Oh, we have to tell this to Chuck Todd, who joins us now. This is uh, sent to us by Paul Armstrong. Says, I just read a disturbing item, and all I could think of is how it affects your wonderful guest, Chuck Todd's holiday plans. Please pass on this information so he will stay safe and healthy. And continue to pick games for the shows. And he quotes USA Today. Dr. Peter Chin Hong, an infectious disease specialist at the University of California, San Francisco, advised limiting the size of holiday get-togethers and offered a list of things participants shouldn't do. Such as, quote, huddling closely together at the end of the night as one large group to sing Christmas carols or debuting your French horn for the guests because wind instruments can create aerosols. So alas, no Chuck Todd yeah. French horn holiday solos or interpretations yeah. for the mailbag song in the Todd household,
6: right? No, you feel good sorry. about that, yes. don't you? Uh, I, I have to. I have to protect my family.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Three and four last yeah. week. Not great, but not as bad as I mean, Jeff Ma. You know, no, there's others. Look around. Others are worse than we were. Well, we weren't the worst. Don't
6: get so. me fired by the Dallas Cowboys. So there you go. Yeah, Three and yep. Twenty-three and
1: twenty-five be. overall. Here's seven games with no Washington football team game because I guess it's their bye week. You ready?
6: Oh, well, what does that do? Wait a minute. What does that do the election prediction? Remember, there's always been this: if Washington wins, so they they're in a bye week for the election.
1: There's
5: well, but they just won. They thing. They just yeah, won. They
6: beat
1: the Dallas Cowboys.
6: And they and right? they won at home. Yeah, that's just, right. I think that's good for the incumbent. I think it's really? an incumbent. I think. Okay. So. Well, we'll see. There was there was some Washington football, but that may be with the old nickname. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't work with the new nickname.
1: Indianapolis so. is at Detroit. Detroit won in fantastic. Only Atlanta can lose in this way. Fashion. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Stafford is still a great passer. Indianapolis is favored by two and a half on the road at Detroit. Who you got?
6: This is by the way the game you just described. Detroit Atlanta. Isn't this going to be the same game? Won't Indianapolis-Detroit? Yes. Yeah, of yeah, sure, course it'll be some missed extra point that leads to a failed two-point conversion that may or may not lead to overtime. Um, I hate betting on either one of these teams. Uh, give, me the, give me the home dog. Just, um, I, I, I will take Stafford over, because I hate betting with Phillip Rivers even more.
1: Okay. New England, which got throttled at home by San Francisco. Throttled. New England is on the road at Buffalo. This is a division game. Their only path to winning the division is to win the seven division games they have left. They already beat Miami once. So um, is it five games left? Five games left, rather, not seven. They have to win them all. New England is getting three and a half at Buffalo, a team that has not looked good in the last three weeks.
6: No, they haven't. And this scares me because this feels like New England has to win. I agree. this This is a kitchen sink game. But it that also, but this line is much smaller than it should be, which feels like it's already priced in that this is a kitchen sink game. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, do you think it's COVID with Cam? Do you think they have COVID? No.
1: You know, uh, because, no, because Freddie Freeman had COVID and his, you know, had, was great. No, yeah. I don't. And I don't.
6: What did he hit in the World Series? What did Freddie Freeman, what was his average in the World Series?
1: We didn't get to the World Series, but come um, on. I mean, he was yeah, great on. before Maybe that. that. Oh, right. I mean, Cam is missing guys by, by five, six, eight feet,
6: right? He looks like the Cam Newton that the Panthers got rid of.
1: Yes, he, he does. He looks like
6: the guy we saw, and, 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 it, and it may be that it may be that, that Seattle game was the outlier that we just saw one game. Um, give me Buffalo. Um, but I'll admit it makes me nervous because this does feel like a New England get-and-think game. But Buffalo kind of has to win this, too. Um, yep. They can't be messing around. They win this, and they probably put this division away.
1: Las Vegas is getting two and a half. Las Vegas got ripped by Tom Brady. Las Vegas is on the road at Cleveland getting two and a half. Baker Mayfield, after the first five passes, was absolutely brilliant. He does not have Odell Beckham Jr. There are some people who think that will be a relief for Baker Mayfield because Odell Beckham Jr. won't get in his ear every five seconds saying, throw me the ball, you dope. Um if you like Vegas, you get two and a half.
6: You know, um, I do think COVID was the reason why Vegas got throttled for what it's worth. They had those COVID mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, on the and, offensive um, line. Yep.
6: And I'm 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 taking Vegas here because I think Cleveland um oh you know, we go through this. They'll beat a bad team for Mayfield's really good. And then Cleveland plays a
1: what happened to Chuck? Did we lose Chuck? We did. I uh, think it's phone. We lost Chuck. Here. Can you hear oh, there me? He, oh. there he is. All right, yeah. Stay in one spot oh. because you, what I was I'm about sorry? to say was the two teams that, that have crushed them are Pittsburgh and Baltimore in their own division, but very good teams, and they crushed them. Crushed Cleveland.
6: Right. So. And I guess the question is, do you think the Raiders are a good team? And I, and I do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland's wins are against bad teams, right? They have beaten, yes. a yeah, pretty football much. Team. They've yep. beaten Cincinnati twice. Yep. Right. That's two of their wins. Yeah. Give me. Give me. Give me the Raiders.
1: Okay. Here's a here's a game that has this has nothing to do with anything but the number. It's simply <laughs> the number. <laughs> the pathetic New York know. Jets <laughs> under under uh, offensive genius Adam Gase, where they don't even score. They score twelve points a game. Offensive genius Adam Gase. They are at Kansas City. Kansas City is. If not the best team in football, certainly the second or third best team in football. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They have no motivation to win this game by a big number, none whatsoever. They want to protect themselves. And the Jets are getting an astonishing number in the NFL, 19 and a half. What are you going to do? Not high
6: enough. <laughs> not high enough. I, 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 you know, I, the 21, I mean, I would put real money on this up to 21. I think after 21, you get a little nervous. That's the right. three scores. But um, how do you bet on the Jets? Can't uh, you just you, can't. you just you know? And I know math said
1: <laughs> we lose them again. We've lost them again. Me? We, you we, lose me? We, yes, we lost you. Where are you sitting? I, I what are literally you doing?
6: Didn't move. I'm in my front room. <laughs> I don't in my know. House sitting in a I don't know. chair. Do
1: you, do you want me to send you <laughs> a just, selfie? <laughs> we, just, we just lost you again. Right, go ahead. You're taking Kansas right. City,
6: right? I'm taking Kansas City, but what I was going to tell you is that over the last five years, double-digit right. favorites in the NFL have a, have a really good record against the spread. Before that, like it used to be a given, you automatically right. took any double-digit underdog, which is why your boy Jeff Ma always does it. Right. And then statistics right. have proven it over 30 years. But over the last five years or something like this, these double-digit favorites have been covering uh, because okay. the bad teams in the NFL
1: are they're really bad.
6: bad now. They're really they're bad. Like, they're like they're real. They're another level of bad. They're like tanking teams in baseball. Yeah.
1: Um, so we have now probably the best game on the board, and Baltimore had a week to prepare for it. Pittsburgh went to Tennessee, eked out a win. They didn't as much win it as just sort of escape. At that point, they're getting three and a half at Baltimore. Uh, this is a big deal game. Who you got?
6: Yeah, I mean, this is, I'm going to just take the home team just because I feel like you have to take the home team in the series. But other than that, I mean, I can't wait to watch this game.
1: Yeah, it's a game th-
6: we I, I, see. I, I, You know, and the other thing that makes me...
1: Okay, here you oh. go. He's out. He's out. We just lost you again for 10 seconds. I'm just telling said. you what's happening. Is is somebody important trying to get onto your phone to talk to you?
3: Well, there he I goes again. Not, I am it's not watching. This is bizarre. I have not moved.
1: Bizarre. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. It's four don't times. I think it's me. What? I've not lost you once. Just so you. Okay. Know. I hear right.
6: you complaining about me. That's
1: awesome right. here, here. First one I I after know. Jeff Ma.
2: Now it's our phone lines. Yeah. <laughs> just attack. Yeah, it's in be attack Jeff
6: it's okay. Jeff Ma. He's attacking my phone. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like right. the trash talk. All
1: right, New Orleans getting four, uh, giving four at Chicago. Chicago can't be as bad as they were against the Rams. Chicago was so dreadfully bad. And New Orleans, I don't know if they have Michael Thomas. We, nobody seems to know this. New Orleans giving four on the road. Could be real cold, by the way. Outdoors could yeah, be real cold.
6: I don't like to breathe outdoors in the cold. In fact, I think there's a pretty bad stat that about Drew Brees outdoors in the cold. Um, I don't like the Bears in a short week, but I'm with you. I think they, uh, um, I think they've they've got they've got to uh, show up in this game, and I just don't trust Brees in the Colts. So give me the Bears.
0: Okay. Those
1: points. And another really really good game in the greatest division in American sports, the NFC West. San Francisco getting three at Seattle San Francisco coming off a big win Seattle finally losing a game again in division that division by the way 16 and five against teams out of their division 16 and right.
6: five did you see the injury report again for San Francisco
1: is it tremendous again they just they, they lose they, everybody
6: they just, well, well everybody that
1: does well is
6: out Debo Samuel uh, I
1: think right.
6: he's out uh, yeah they,
1: they
6: they, uh, they always find some random running back that scores three touchdowns in a game and he's out?
1: Mostert. Like, Mostert's always no, out. No, no, yeah. no.
6: They got another guy. Wilson. Another
1: one? Okay.
6: Yes, he scored a bunch. He's out. And the only guy that I have on their running back core and their fantasy team is at McKinnon, and he does nothing for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. but, but you didn't hear it. Um, give me Seattle only because I just, at some point, San Francisco's injuries have to cost them a game. You it's took, amazing you took to
1: me. Six home teams. Good for you. You took six home teams.
6: Well, last I mean, I week was those home dogs, and, and uh, I think I went about 500 with them, right? The home
1: dogs? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, you had a, it was not a bad week. Three and four is not a bad week. It's not a great week, not a bad week. Before we let you go, because we're not going to talk to you before the, the election no. next Tuesday. Um, who do you like in the election? Let me just tell you the, the bet I made, which now, yeah. uh, it, it, is, it is a bet reflective of where I live. It's stupid. It's a stupid bet. <laughs> I told Wilbon I didn't think that Trump would get 100 electoral votes. I thought it would be just a gigantic wave oh the God. other way. Really? Yeah, that, really? really.
0: <laughs> okay, so that was the stupid, math, right? <laughs> I
6: mean, the math on that, for that to happen, I mean, you, what you're saying is you think you think Biden's carrying Idaho?
1: No, they don't even know who he is okay. in Idaho. No, he has That's no chance. Idaho's like, four for, votes.
6: To get, so what you're saying is you think, Four hundred and thirty-nine electoral votes is what Joe Biden's going to win.
1: Uh, so now, on hearing it with that kind of number, <laughs> yeah. I sort of realize how stupid I am. I sort I mean, of realize how stupid it's I am. Not
6: just Texas; you're bringing in like Utah, yeah. Kansas.
1: Yeah, that's stupid. Maybe
6: Montana, a Dakota—not both Dakotas, yeah. but at least yeah. one Dakota. That's a pretty lot of- dumb.
1: Yeah, um, it's pretty dumb.
6: Look, uh, I I would say this: I'd rather be betting the money line. Uh, I know right. Biden's the point spread favorite. I'd be I'd right. rather bet the money line than ha- and see if he would cover a spread. Um, look, I do think uh, I'm I'm one of those that's going to say it this way. If you hold the election ten times, I think there's only one, maybe two occasions that Trump wins. I think there's four occasions that Biden wins in a blowout, and I think there's four occasions um, where you know it's a nail biter but he wins. I, I think I think that the most where we're really headed is. Um, I think it's possible that all of the battleground states, when you're watching us on Tuesday night, everything yep. feels competitive and close, Yep. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Florida, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Wisconsin, and everything will feel within that three to five point range. And you're like, boy, I don't know, but it looks like it. And then it all tips in one direction. And then Biden could get to that, you know, 350 to 400 electoral vote mark. Um, you know, there, there is an outside chance he could touch 400, and that would mean carrying Texas. I still think there's a lid on Texas. Um, of about you know a forty-seven or forty-eight for a Democrat that at the end of the day is just going to come up a point or two short, um, but I'll say this: I think the adjustment that many of many pollsters have made, I know what we've the adjustments we've made to make sure that, that we feel good about our numbers, but a lot of these other I I, I think if we're wrong this time we might be wrong, um, in the other direction meaning we may be under it. it, it there is a chance yeah. we're underestimating Biden. Yeah, I, I think right, there's well, a, more of a chance we're underestimating Biden than what we did four years ago um but the biggest difference is is that he's an incumbent and he's just not given the benefit of doubt the way he was when he was a challenger and that you know how voters think forget be simplistic about this incumbent in in a year where things aren't going well incumbent loses nine times out of ten
1: that's what i would have thought i I mean anyway we will see i'll talk to you next week thank you chuck
6: sometimes the fundamentals matter
1: yeah thanks chuck Chuck okay, Todd, got boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be more than enough. And we're not going to sing along because we're apparently a second and a half late, but we give <laughs> you a monkey as well.
3: See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attaché. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. zoo. Reginald's got the bikes, fine, too. Know. Sometimes he throws his boo, 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 when he's had too much Johnny walk the Blue. Boo. All right. Where did you
1: find him this week? Is he back at the zoo or is he somewhere else?
3: Well, Mr. Tony, actually, I did go down to the zoo and he was there. He was busy at work and you'll be surprised at what he was working on. Um, repairing shoes. I had no idea. <laughs> He's a cobbler. So we should probably take that, you know, failed yeah. Earl Boda over, over yeah, to him. Um, I'm sure he yeah. would do it gratis for you. I'm sure he I would. I would hope so. I would hope so. So <clears throat> we gave him three games. The first game we gave him was New England at Buffalo. The Patriots getting three and a half. And he showed me a little photograph of him on his iPhone um, of him at a Dunkin' Donuts with Casey Affleck, who we know is the <laughs> mayor of Dunkin', uh, Mosi Tatupo, and Rico Petristelli. <laughs> So clearly he's got ties (laughs) to the New England area, and he will take the Patriots on the road. I'm not smoking inside. Look at me. I'm not smoking inside.
1: (laughs) Go back to Starbucks.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, The second game we gave him was uh, Cleveland um, giving two and a half at home against Vegas. Uh, And this was just a lovely little uh, small video of him trick-or-treating with Marty Schottenheimer, Bernie Kosar, and Hanford Dixon. And in case you're wondering – Reginald always dresses every year as Abe Lincoln because he loves wearing top hats. So it Just was so lovely. great. Yes, it's he will take Cleveland pipe in that. Okay. Exactly. And the last game we gave him, he could not resist. The Jets and the Kansas City game. And I don't know if you've ever seen this photo. It's sort of a famous photograph. At P.J. Clark's, there is Reginald sitting next to Frank Sinatra Joe Willie Namath and Weeb Eubank. I'm not sure what year that was, but clearly he's got ties to the New York area and the New York Jets, so he will take the Jets with the 19 and a half.
1: There is not a person alive who has ever been to P.J. Clark's in Manhattan Who has had a cheeseburger there and hasn't said, that's the greatest cheeseburger I've ever had in my life. And the secret is probably they've never cleaned the grill in a hundred (laughs) years. That's probably the secret. Everybody says that. I remember when uh, the PJ Clarks opened in Washington and I went there just for the cheeseburger and man, one much, not as, not what I hoped it would be. Do you hear the dog in the background? The dog in Reginald. screaming dog screaming. All right, that's good. We're good. Uh, We will take a break. We will come back with email and a jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
5: Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: That's Donald McPhee all the way from Scotland. I'm sure, wearing a kilt as he played that bagpipe. That's That's wonderful. It it, just—I feel like there's going to be a a policeman's funeral or something like that. These foggy mornings we've been having. So wonderful. So wonderful. Yeah, it's Brigadoon. Um, Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda bagel there? Sandwiches today. Bagel sandwiches. Sandwich today. Don't tell (laughs) Selyza.
3: Yes. Chris will be missing out on those, but we love them. You will love them as well. Uh, Go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you in the DMV area. Stop on in. they got wonderful things there, and once you go in once, you'll go all the time because it's just fantastic. Bethesda Bagels.
1: I guess that's it for us today, but before we get to the mailbag, I just want to say in ancient times, Hundreds of years before the dawn of history lived a strange race of people, the Druids. No one knows who they were or what they were doing, but their legacy remains, hewn into the living rock of Stonehenge. You go, that's not Stonehenge! It's that Stonehenge? So great. It's like it's six inches. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's a great movie. It's, you have to see the movie. It's just a great movie. It's a rockumentary. Really? Thanks to our guests today, Richard Justice of MLB.com and uh, the host of Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. Thanks as well to our sponsors, Harry's Razor and um, LincolnFinancial.com. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Um, I'm telling mom you put your shoes on the table No, you tell her, that's right Hey Mr. <laughs> Tony, listen to your Monday show And your discussion about Clayton Kershaw Had me thinking that if the podcast money ever dried up You and Michael could hit the vaudeville circuit With a two-man Abbott and Costello knockoff act I took the liberty of writing you the following stick. Michael, hey dad, who's on first? Tony, you know who's on first. Everyone. Kershaw puts someone on first every (laughs) single inning. What's wrong with this guy? Michael, Dad. And you know what else is bothering me? All this pumpkin spice stuff. Who is putting pumpkin in everything these days? I hate pumpkin, Dad. (laughs) Get me off this stage. lights are too hot. It's probably cooking the crust I have in my pocket into toast. Tip your waitresses, everyone. Good night, Canada. I'm Tony Kornheiser. That's actually pretty good. From Carla Corrado, our friend in Columbus, Ohio, in speaking of his many days in quarantine-adjacent baseball coverage, Jeff Passan said that, quote, at this point my children don't know who I am anymore, and I'm certain my wife has finally taken up court with a neighbor, thereby answering the age-old question, do you know what your neighbor does? Wonderful, as Carla (laughs) integrates the show. From Mike Schuster in South Bend, Indiana, Dear Dr. Tony, the following is a page from my diary as a less than brilliant little one. Monitor my cell phone for the Tony Kornheiser podcast to drop two. Listen to entertaining conversation that includes in-depth sports analysis and tips for a more technological lifestyle. Three, experience the excitement and anticipation of the emails and jingle portion of the show. Four, endure the insecurity and brutal reality that, again, my email was not show worthy. I will keep listening. And keep trying to contribute. You've done it, Mike. Thank you. From Chico Donaldson in Chevrolet, Maryland The biggest thing I saw this weekend wasn't the WFT beatdown of the horribly overrated Cowboys or Penn State virtually assuring themselves not to be a factor in the college playoffs. No, Tony. It was the rising of our very own Blake Trinan. When Trinan training, training came to the mound in the bottom of the ninth, and this was game five. I said out loud, this game is over. Like death taxes and Kirk Cousins' interceptions, I was sure Trinan would cough up the save. Imagine my shock when he closed out the Rays in impressive fashion. (coughs) But you notice... Never forget game one of the NLCS. Yeah, Davey Roberts (laughs) didn't go to him last night, did he? Didn't go to him. Tremendous stuff. Didn't go to him. Bruce Myers in Ghent, New York. Yes, Tony, it's that time of the year that you and I have waited for. It is the hallmark of channel countdown to christmas every saturday (laughs) night it is a new christmas movie did you set your dvr this weekend go to the website and take the peppermint pop quiz play the countdown to christmas fantasy game only found on the hallmark channel website here russell wilson is not the first draft pick and don't forget to enter the daily very merry giveaway and they have perfect holiday gifts for your wife hallmark wines jingle and joy buy extra for wilbon and your shopping is done from Bob Boxwell in Lusby, Maryland. He might be a weather uh, analyst weather for, watcher. for Kevin. Oh, yeah, Keep sure. singing. It's the high point of my Monday morning, see the monkey. It makes me smile. It makes me smile. I'm glad you like that. Uh, PJ in Springfield, Virginia. According to the highly regarded Wikipedia, Charlie Morton's nickname is Ground Chuck due to his grilling and smoking meat enthusiasm. That's pretty good, but I was trying to think of other nicknames which would also fit. Do you have any others? I thought of the meteorologist, but that's all I got, M-E-A-T. Hmm. Ground Chuck was also when Chuck Knox coached the Rams. Oh, right. And he, he had Eric Dickerson. <laughs> he ran it all the time. And the, the, it was called Ground Chuck. From Mike Lloyd's in Evergreen, Colorado. I had to write and exclaim my two David Aldridge moments of sorts for the show last week. First, while doing football picks for Reginald, Nigel mentioned Jack Sigma. My ears immediately popped up since I grew up in Grand Park, Illinois, a small farm town near the small town where Jack Sigma played, St. Anne. We played St. Anne often. When Jack Sigma, while he was before my playing days, my high school basketball coach was none other than Dave Sigma. Dave Sigma was Jack's cousin who grew up playing basketball with him. Unfortunately, this meant Coach Sigma had access to high-level coaches and drills, so high school basketball was a bit brutal at times. The second David Aldrich moment of sorts was when I realized I moved to Colorado and started working with my organization 19 years ago. When you started describing the beginning of PTI and the timing of it, I started to immediately have memories of the transition of my life around the same time frame 19 years ago, which is nice. James Edwards in Redfield, or Reedfield, Maine. R-E-A-D-F-I-E-L-D. Redfield. Redfield. The indomitable fortress of dopeness, or is it dopiness, that is the Tony Kornheiser show, <laughs> continues to deliver on all fronts, including being my primary path to discovering new music. Grace Pettis and Ian Warrington. Wonderful. I hope Ian's song, The North Woods, is in reference to the North Maine Woods, because seriously, are there any other North Woods that matter? And one- Last one from Steve the sycophant. As the Hallmark Channel continued to assault us with Christmas movies over this past weekend, I must salute one title. Sure, Welcome to Christmas and Christmas Tree Lane make their intentions plain, but I submit nothing can top the new epic Jingle Bell Bride. Who? Who can resist the story of a wedding planner finding romance in a remote Alaskan town? Not even Dr. Satchmo. That's who. If you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white.
3: We
4: don't have the Shepetzva to do it.
5: Come through a nation's lonely eyes on you. Whoa. And don't you don't need a superman. superman to tell you what to do. Looks like this time the joke is on.
0: use the code when you're happy use the code when you're blue use the code at the station use the code at the zoo
5: black jimmy brown in cleveland carrying
0: the load Use the code Use the code People Use the code Take the long walk to freedom Take your horse to the old town road Use the code Use the code
5: Like the Ohio and Allen and the rivers
0: flow. Use the code. Use the code. Use the code. Use the code.